Hey there, patrons. It's X, and I've got uh, Kyle and Susan joining me on the the secret patron show that we got going on this week. Uh, this is the one segment where we record it for people that are patrons only. And if uh, if you're hearing this in the future and you're not a patron, change that by going to patreon.com slash Utahcast. If you're not hearing this in the future or you managed to sneakily get in here, you're fucking stealing. You know? <laughs> so try better. I mean, I don't give a shit if you steal my podcast. You, you obviously had to work to go listen to this. I mean, I appreciate it that you wanted to hear it so bad, but it's a fucking dollar a month. You can squeeze that shit out of your couch cushions. Uh, so what we've, what we've got is I, I kind of was on a show earlier this week where they wanted to ask questions about Mormondom. And me being a font of knowing weird shit about the LDS church and uh, like stuff like the God makers and all the other fun things that we have out there that are counter to the Mormon church. Uh, somebody brought up the question of uh, Porter Rockwell, uh, a.k.a. Oren Porter Rockwell was his real name. Uh, he was a real shitbag in the LDS. Church. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was fascinating, fascinating story. Oh, very but- interesting guy lived a very fucking wild west kind of life but Mm -hmm. i i wanted to bring this up because i i've read some stuff from wikipedia about him stuff that i already knew and if you want more about porter rockwell go check out uh the naked mormonism blog or not blog the uh the podcast because he talks about him quite a bit because he was the he was one of the leaders of the Danites, which were the uh the essentially the brown shirts of the lds church you know, mm-hmm. God, they've yeah. talked about him on how to heretic before. Yeah. The guy oh, with yeah. the crazy fucking long hair and beard that was, yeah. he was the enforcer for, for Joseph Smith pretty much his entire time that he mm-hmm. was with these people. So, uh, he was a figure of the, I'm just going to read from Wikipedia here, a uh, figure of the wild West period of American history, a lawman in Utah territory, which is interesting. Uh, he was nicknamed old port and also known as the destroying angel of Mormonism or Mormondom. Sorry. He served as a bodyguard of Joseph Smith, founded uh, founder of the Latter-day Saint movements, and he was also a personal friend of Smith's. And after he died in 1844, Rockwell left the United States and traveled west to Utah in order to follow the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and also to get away from crimes that he was facing time for. Yeah, just a few. Yeah, many people believe that Rockwell was under divine protection. Uh, this, along with his reputation as a marksman, resulted in the propagation of many legends and stories about him. And I, I believe they've made movies about him as well. So uh, he was born in Massachusetts to Oren and Sarah Rockwell, who were neighbors of the Smith family. He was a descendant of Edmund Rice, an early Im- immigrant to the Massachusetts Bay Colony. He was uh, eight years younger than Smith. So while Smith was publishing the Book of Mormon, Rockwell picked berries at night and hauled wood into town to help pay for the publishing. So he took advantage of child labor. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, at 1830, at 16 years old, Rockwell was baptized into the church. Uh, and historically, the date of Rockwell's baptism is April 6th, but the day the church was organized, but uh, original documents suggest it was probably like June 9th or something like that. Rockwell was the youngest member of the first group to be baptized into the church. Uh, he was later married Luana Beebe in Jackson County, Missouri, and was endowed in the Nauvoo Temple in 1846. And this says here in the next paragraph with a fucking breakneck speed, it says Rockwell killed many men as a gunfighter, a religious <laughs> enforcer and a deputy United States marshal. According to legend, Rockwell told a crowd listening to United States Vice President uh, Schuyler Colfax in 1869, I never killed anyone who didn't need killing which was a quote that was later used by John Wayne in a movie many decades mm-hmm. later. So, and here's a little paragraph from the, from something here. It says, but he 
was that most terrible instrument that could be handled by by fanaticism, a powerful physical nature welded to the mind of a very narrow perception, intense convictions, and changeless tenacity. In his build, he was a gladiator. In his humor, a Yankee lumberman. In his memory, a bourbon. In his vengeance, an Indian. A strange mixture only to be found on the American continent. So I want to, I want to like just, okay, so that's Wikipedia before we get to like the shit that he did. Let's go over to LDS, uh, Church of Jesus Christ dot org. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's see they're how that gonna, differs. Yeah, they're going to talk about him, honestly. <laughs> uh, listening to the prophet Joseph Smith tell the story of the angel and the hidden plates, young Porter Rockwell's adventurous nature was stirred. The Smiths and the Rockwells, frontier neighbors in Manchester, New York. Didn't it just already say that was a different place? <laughs> Uh, let's see. Baptized into the church at 16 in Fayette, New York, but he was born into Hampshire County, Massachusetts in Belkertown, and they were neighbors of them there. Huh. Mm -hmm. Interesting. They can't even get the fucking locations right. Often visited each other. Although Porter was eight years younger than the prophet, a bond of friendship between the two was quickly formed. Later, when Joseph needed money to publish the Book of Mormon, Porter picked berries by moonlight after his chores were done. And yes, sold them. I'm sure that's what he did. When there were no berries to pick, he gathered wood and hauled it to town to sell. The money he earned was given to the prophet. <laughs> There's not a fucking rube that Joseph Smith didn't take advantage of the entire no. time he was fucking prophet right. of that church. And so. are you, do you really think that it was berry picking he was doing? So the two families remained loyal to each other. Uh, when the Smiths moved to Fayette, New York, the Rockwells followed. 16-year-old Porter was probably the youngest member of the first group to be baptized in the church after it was organized in 1830. When the Fayette branch of the church moved to Kirkland, or Kirtland, uh, I was going to say, that's a Costco brand, Kirtland, yeah. sorry, <laughs> Ohio, Porter went with them. However, his stay there was short. Porter was sent to the first, with the first group of saints to Jackson County, Missouri, the intended central gathering place for members of the church. The elders often met at Porter's home to discuss ways of protecting the saints from the lawless Missouri mobs who were persecuting them. Hey, why were the Missouri mobs persecuting them? Huh. Hmm. There's reasons behind that, guys. I, I want you to dig into that one. I want you, I don't, I'm not going to spoon feed you everything here. Go learn some Mormon history on your own. <laughs> but they were saying that the elders often met at Porter's home because he was the fucking leader of the church paramilitary group. <laughs> Called the Danites. Yeah. While he was in Missouri, Porter became a crack marksman with a gun. And he made several tip trips to Liberty Jail to take food and comfort to Joseph Smith and his counselors when they had been illegally jailed. Uh. Smith was thrown in jail for fucking breaking laws, man. It wasn't just random hoo-ha fucking nonsense that he got arrested for. We're talking about, like, allowing debts to be piled up and not being paid taking advantage of people, marrying multiple women. You know, he was he was fucking prosecuted for this didn't, shit. Didn't wasn't he in jail for destroying a uh, it was the printing press, a, pr a printing press. Yeah, yeah, a printing house. Yeah, because he hated that fucking newspaper. That was the, that was the rival to the church's newspapers. So well, it was the, it was the rival. And they were also, you know, printing things about him that, you know, might have happened like. to be the truth. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so Porter volunteered to remain in Missouri until all the saints had made their way to Illinois. He couldn't probably just couldn't afford to go. Because of his fearlessness, a number of unfounded charges were made against him, and he became a hunted man. Okay, so 
there's that one little thing right there where unfounded charges were made against him. Huh. I wonder what that could be. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hmm. So Joseph Smith uh, protects him here. He says, Orrin Porter Rockwell, who is now a fellow wanderer with myself, is in exile from his home because of the murderous deeds and infernal fiendish dispositions and unrelenting hand of the Missourians. You made yourself so fucking hated by a group of people that they all wanted. They they signed a fucking executive order to, to destroy all the Mormons. You know, they wanted you fucking gone. You know, that's how much they didn't like your ass. So. I'm not saying I agree with state-sanctioned execution of people with, with extrajudicial no, executions, no. but you have to fuck up pretty large for people to hate you that much. <laughs> he, was, he is an innocent and noble boy. May God Almighty deliver him from the hands of his pursuers. Let the blessings of salvation and honor be his portion. Okay, whatever. Really? So here, here's where I wanted to get to. When the former governor of Missouri, Lilliburn Bogger, Boggs, I'm sorry, was shot... Porter Rockwell was charged with a crime without any evidence of his guilt. Porter was taken prisoner and kept in an unheated dungeon without any bedding for over nine months. He was given food that the dogs refused to eat. Without his natural stamina, Porter would have never survived the ordeal. Now let's get to real history here. (laughs) Yeah, please. (laughs) On the evening of May 6th, 1842, Lilburn Boggs was shot by an unknown party who fired at him through, an, through a window as he read the newspaper in a study. He was badly wounded, but survived. The shot went, like, through his jaw. Like, he Yikes. got... Because it was a downward-facing shot, like, uh, Porter Rocco was shot from the window. And he wanted to make sure <laughs> this guy was dead, so he overloaded the pistol. Because it was still oh. where he had to fucking put powder and shot into it and yeah. everything. Right. And he overloaded the fucking pistol, but that backfired on him as well because when he fired, it was such a powerful shot that it dropped out of his hand. So he lost the pistol there on the spot. And the people in town that sold that pistol said, yeah, we've only sold or I think it was actually stolen. I think he fucking lifted that pistol. Even if it was Probably sold to him, that would like, track. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, he was shot through the window as he read the newspaper. He was badly wounded. Boggs was the governor of Missouri who had signed the executive order 44 on October 27th, 1838, known as the extermination order, which was kicking all Mormons out of Missouri by violent and deadly means. Rockwell was accused of attempted murder, but the grand jury was unable to find sufficient evidence to indict Rockwell. Convinced in his part by his reputation as a deadly gunman and his statement that he never shot at anybody. If I shoot, they get shot, he said. (laughs) Mm hmm. Uh, disaffected. Sounds like I mean to be fair. Yeah, I mean to be to be fair. Uh, he he got hit. I mean, yeah, (laughs) not like he he did get shot. He just didn't die from it. So, Uh, a disaffected Mormon, John C. Bennett, claimed that Smith had offered a cash reward for the elimination of Boggs, and that That Smith admitted Rockwell had done the deed. He went on. uh, That's the that also tracks. Yeah, that's the leader of the fucking Mormon Church saying, "Yeah, he did it." And then the Mormon website going, oh, there was no charges against it. There was unfounded. Totally. Even by the prophet saying that he did it. So they've whitewashed Joseph Smith's history so fucking bad that, like, I mean, they have to admit a lot of stuff because the Joseph Smith papers became a thing, you know, yeah. but they, they bury it. They bury it so fucking hard. In they that bury website. it hard. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
he went on to say that Rockwell made veiled threats against Bennett's life if he publicized the story. After investigations questioned Smith about these accusations and Rockwell's involvement, Smith denied it could be Rockwell. Asked how he could be so confident that Smith said, well, he's still alive, isn't he? Fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Smith vehemently denied Bennett's account and speculating Boggs while campaigning for state senate was attacked by an election opponent. Whatever, man. So Mormon writer Monty B. McLaws in the his Missouri Historical Review supported Smith, answered, uh, while there is no clear finger pointing to anyone, Boggs was running for an election against several violent men, all capable of the deed, and there was no particular reason to suspect Rockwell. Except there was plenty of it because Boggs signed the, the executive order. <laughs> and if there was a bounty out at the time and Rockwell was staying behind in Missouri to work, uh, it's almost like he had motive and opportunity to do something about it. Mm -hmm. Fantastic, right? I mean, <laughs> okay, so back to the Mormon site, it says here. Nothing about, you know, bed that no bed for nine months and food that the dogs refused to eat or anything like that. But uh, right, of course, on one day, Sheriff Reynolds came to the jail and offered Porter a large sum of money if Porter would take him to Joseph Smith so that the prophet could be captured. I will see you damned first, said Porter. I don't believe that happened at all. Uh, after Porter's release from jail, he walked most of the way to Nauvoo. He arrived at Joseph Smith's house on Christmas Day, 1843. Yeah, that's auspicious. You know. Oh, it's a wonderful Christmas present for the fucking prophet. Yay. <laughs> Yay, wonderful day. I'm sure it was. Oh, shit. You? <laughs> oh, fuck, what are you doing here? <laughs> fuck. Not you. Okay, so let's see. What's what's a little bit more history that we have about this guy? So, um, following Smith's death, Rockwell followed Brigham, Brigham Young and the Church of Jesus Christ to Utah, and in 1849, Rockwell was appointed as a deputy marshal of the Great Salt Lake City and remained a peace officer until his death. Of course he'd be a fucking cop, man. Of course. <laughs> of yeah. course. Yeah. That tracks. Yeah, that yeah. tracks. A fucking murderous asshole with a religious bent. Yeah, that's, that's exactly mm -hmm. what I'm seeing here. So uh, he was well known for his endurance, loyalty, and relentlessness. That's not something that should be praised. Uh, Rockwell operated the Hot Springs Hotel and Brewery at the southern end of the Salt Lake Valley in an area known mm -hmm. as Point of the Mountain, where there's it's a prison now, but it's going to be moving here pretty soon. It's It's like halfway between Salt Lake and Provo. Yeah. Like you have to go around the fucking mountain to get there. So uh, Rockwell, I already said the part, his fame as a mountain man attracted the explorer Richard Francis Burton. And on 1860, on his trip across America to the West Coast, Burton stopped to explore Salt Lake City. He stayed with Lysander Dayton in a village nearby the city, and Dayton invited Rockwell to dinner. He sent a bottle of Valley Tan Whiskey, and he and Burton drank shot for shot into the night. With Rockwell outlining steps Burton could take for safety during his passage to Sacramento. Rockwell advised Burton to carry a loaded double-barreled shotgun, sleep in a dark camp, unlit miles from where supper was cooked, and to never trust appearances, and to avoid the main trail where quote-unquote white Indians, so they called, they were so-called because robbers described this, disguised themselves as Indians to avert blame. Mm -hmm. They preyed on travelers, so. Yeah, not like the Mormons ever did that either. No, nothing, nothing about that at Mountain Meadows at all. No, no, so. <laughs> 
Uh, let's see. Let's get back to the church history here. Uh, okay, so deputy deputy marshal here, peace officer in Utah until his death. So it tells me that the wording on this one, <laughs> according to what's on Wikipedia, means that you have Wikipedia edits that are happening by Mormon people, <laughs> because this is word for word the same shit that I just read. Detractors make much of the fact that Rockwell could neither read nor write, yet he was remarkably successful in a number of business enterprises. You don't have to be smart to be good at business. I mean, you give, I mean, the George Foreman grill exists for a fucking reason. Man, you know? <laughs> Though it was kind of funny. Like I had a little discussion. We were standing around like a uh, Sam's club the other day. Cause there's like a new kind of grilling machine and it's fucking Charles Barkley has like one <laughs> now a kitchen appliance by Charles Barkley. And my wife was like, Oh, that's interesting. And I'm like, yeah, it's just like George Foreman. She's like, what, what did George Foreman do before he had the grill? And I'm like, really? Oh. Really? <laughs> I'm like, I'm not even a sports sports guy, but I knew he was a fucking boxer. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was funny to me. So it's funny. Uh, it should be remembered, too, that illiteracy was not uncommon in the 19th century. Porter remained loyal to his friends and family, and he was generous to others who needed his help. A touching act of Porter's, Porter's charity recorded in the letter was the gift of his shorn hair to the widow, because uh, if he cut his hair, he lost his power like Samson, you know. Joseph Smith asked him to, like, never cut his hair because that was his protection, his blessing that he had. Let's see if I can find some funny stories about Porter Rockwell. Because um, apparently, I think he got drunk and he fucking rode his horse around butt-ass naked, like, around <laughs> Salt Lake City. That, that wouldn't be surprising. Yeah, there, that sounds amazing. <laughs> there are legends about this guy around. It's Let's see. Porter. There's a reason. There's a reason that he's got a whiskey named after him. Hmm. Let's see. Legends of America. Porter Rockwell, the destroying angel of Mormondom. So, uh, let's see. This is almost exactly from the Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, let's see. He killed many men as a gunfighter. I already read that part earlier. I never killed anyone that needed, that needed killing. He died of natural causes in 1878 and is buried in the Salt Lake Cemetery, which I've probably ran past it before. Mm -hmm. uh, the future leader of the church said at his funeral, they say he was a murderer. And if he was, uh, he was the friend of Joseph Smith and Brigham Young, and he was faithful, faithful to them and to his covenants, and he has gone to heaven, and apostates can go to hell. <laughs> God damn. Not mincing words at all there, buddy. <laughs> no. Wow. Uh, where it is believed he killed as many men as a gunfighter, religious and as a religious enforcer and deputy marshal, Rockwell told a crowd in 1869, uh, the part where he said, never kill anybody that need, didn't need killing. This included the Aiken Affair, an incident involving six professional gamblers from California who would be murdered, all allegedly by Rockwell, while being escorted out of Utah Territory in 1857. Uh, Rockwell would be indicted for some in some of the incident uh, 20 years later, but died before his trial. So he was in the middle of going to fucking trial and he died. And they're trying to say, no, he didn't kill anybody because you didn't no, find him guilty of it at all. Exactly. Right. <sighs> right just like saying yeah, if, if you're not found guilty guilty there's no way you could have done it not at all <laughs> nope i'm trying they to couldn't see charge him with anything let's see bogs shooting i just want to make sure i have this one here so attempted assassination of Lilburn boggs and let's see 
Okay, so the crime was investigated by Sheriff Reynolds, who discovered a revolver at the scene still loaded with buckshot. He surmised that the subject had fired upon Boggs and lost his firearm in the dark rainy night when the weapon recoiled to the large number of shot. The gun had been stolen from a local shopkeeper who identified the hired man of Ward's as the most likely culprit. And so, uh, where's Ward here? Uh, he was, he got, let's see, Boggs was shot through a window as he read his newspaper and was hit in four places. Two balls lodged in his skull, a third lodged in his neck, and a fourth entered his throat and was swallowed. Fuck, man. <laughs> so they thought he was going to die from it, but he didn't. And so... Uh, in the wake of the 1838 Mormon War, which saw armed conflict between these people, uh, he did the executive. Uh, so let's not forget that the Mormons essentially declared war here. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Holy shit. So 22 people were killed in the 1838 Mormon War. Three Mormons, one non-Mormon at the Battle Creek and one uh, Mormon prisoner fatally injured while in custody and 17 Mormons at Hans Mill, which they massacred a fucking bunch of civilians. So um there's a whole lot. There, there's a whole lot of church history. You guys need to go fucking listen to anything that that Bryce Barkenagle, uh, sorry, Blankenagle put out on uh, Naked Mormonism. Really good podcast. Yeah. So the the Day Knights. Let's let's talk about them for a second. Um, were a fraternal organization founded by the LDS members in 1838 in the town of Far West, and we have a Far West here in Utah mm-hmm. as well. God damn it. The Day Knights operated as a vigilante group, think of them as Proud Boys, and took a central role in the, the events of the 1838 uh, Mormon War. There's no evidence that the Day Knights existed after 1838. I disagree because the fucking Desnat people want to be these guys so hard. Hashtag Desnat assholes out there. So mm-hmm. <sighs> let's see. Uh, let's see. Notwithstanding public excommunications of day night leaders by the church and both public and private statements by Joseph Smith, referring to the band as both evil in nature and a secret combination. The nature and scope of the organization to, and the greed, which was orig- officially connected to the church of Jesus Christ are a matter of some dispute among historians. That just well, means po- probable deniability there. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the early existence, Joseph Smith appeared to endorse the group's actions, but later turned against them as violence increased. No, no, stop hurting those people that I don't like. No, don't do not do that. <laughs> uh, historians generally concur that Joseph Smith approved of the Day Knights, but he probably was not briefed on all their plans and did not sanction the full range of their activities. So, yeah, it was, it was I'm sure, a case of I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Yeah. <laughs> la, 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 la. And let's not forget that eventually they became like the Nauvoo Legion as well. So, I mm-hmm. mean, after the 1838 Missouri-Mormon War, the term day-night was often connected to LDS peacekeeping, including Nauvoo, Illinois police, the bodyguards, and the whistling and whittling brigades. Whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> you're walking through somebody's town and someone's whistling and whittling. You're like, fuck, that guy's going to stab me. <laughs> <laughs> you just keep on moving. That's, yeah. that's all it is. So they eventually became known as the Destroying Angels. So again, Porter Rockwell got that fucking moniker, the Destroying Angel of Mormondom. So Jesus Christ, it's a fucking brown shirt organization that existed within the Mormon church. And I just love how you read about this guy. You read up some more of like the history behind him or the stories behind him. And then there's the supreme whitewash that happens from the LDS church. Oh, yeah. So. I, I just thought it was fascinating. So like someone said here that uh, Elder Joseph F. Smith of the Council of Twelve said he had his little faults, but Porter's life on earth taken ah. all together 
was one worthy of example, and reflected honor upon the church, though all the trials he had never once forgotten his obligations to his brethren and his God. And they end the quote there, never mind the, you know, all all the other fucking people can go to hell that he said later on. Right. I, mm-hmm. If you're going to tell history, tell the whole history. But that would involve being intellectually, like, honest. And right. you're not going to get that in religion. So, <laughs> no, no. Especially, especially from the Mormons. Yeah. Right. Their entire culture is, is uh, uh, intellectual dishonesty. Lie upon lie Mm -hmm. upon lie. So guys, that's all we got for the Patreon show this week. It's a little bit shorter than we normally do, but my mouth's getting dry and I got to pee. It's getting dry, but yeah, go like Mormon history. Do do some, do some reading. Well, do (laughs) some reading up on, on on Puerto Rocco. Cause God damn we scratch the surface yeah and also find the whiskey if you can porter's fire good shit Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's better than fireball but he also has the peach one too which is actually really good too so porter's porter's peach is amazing it's a fucking peach whiskey and it's delicious i love it so (laughs) it's dangerous yeah dangerous is what it is (laughs) oh man i don't want to two-hand my drinks here let me pour this into my fucking pabst (laughs) Uh uh-huh I, oh no! It's an ice I house. I shouldn't double fist. I don't know. No, it doesn't. It not. doesn't. Well, it, it doesn't matter well. what. You, it doesn't matter what you pour it in. It's it's gonna make anything taste better. Everything tastes better with with a little bit of peach in it. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, we're getting out of here for the night. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week with another one. But until then, have a good week, and we'll see you. <laughs>